Welcome to the Grind It Podcast. You know, life can be such a grind at times, and so we're here sharing God's Word with you to encourage you to keep grinding and to not give up. It's time to grind. So here's the host of the Grind It Podcast, the old school skateboarder himself, Randall Tucker. Welcome to the Grind It Podcast. Today we're going to continue Luke chapter 2, and I'm thinking that we might be able to finish it in this podcast today. Maybe so. We'll see. Um, but I, I do want to mention one thing. I was on my way home um, from work, and, and I noticed uh, that there was a lot of people lined up on uh, Alcoa Highway all the way from Knoxville to, uh, to the airport, and, and uh, what was going on was um, this uh, Sergeant Ryan Canals' body had been flown in from uh, uh, Afghanistan. He was one of 13 that was uh, of our soldiers that was uh, killed when the suicide bomber uh, detonated their bomb uh, there in Afghanistan when the people were trying to get out of the country. Uh, and he is uh, uh, born and raised in Knoxville, Tennessee, which is where I work. And so um, they had that procession bringing his body to the funeral home. And it was very touching to see, and just wanted to say that my prayers are going out to his family and friends. Um, but with that said, I want to get back into Luke chapter 2, and we're going to talk about Jesus being circumcised. Yow! A painful subject for all males. Can I get an Amen. So, Joseph and Mary, they take Jesus to the temple when he was eight days old to be circumcised, just as the law commanded. And they did the same thing with John the Baptist, right? Or John the Baptizer. We talked about that in in the previous podcast. And so, it's time for uh, Jesus to be circumcised because he's eight days old, and that's what God commanded. Uh, That was was the um, covenant that he had made with Abraham. I believe in Genesis chapter 17. And they're also going to dedicate uh, little baby Jesus to the Lord when Luke shifts his uh, attention to a man named Simeon. And listen to what Luke says about Simeon in verses 25 and 27. He says, "At At that time there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon, and he was righteous and devout and was eagerly waiting for the Messiah to come and rescue Israel. The Holy Spirit was upon him and had revealed to him that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Messiah. And that day the Spirit led him to the temple. So when Mary and Joseph came to present the baby Jesus to the Lord as the law required, Simeon was there. So Luke says that Simeon was eagerly waiting for the Messiah to come and rescue Israel. You know, there there are many people at that time that were looking for the same thing that Simeon was. They were they they were looking for this great deliverer who is going to deliver Israel back into power. He's going to take them from the jaws of the Roman uh, army and the Roman emperors and, and this Roman oppression and and put them back into power like they were in the Old Testament. And what happens is. This idea becomes a stumbling block for the people to, because uh, they could not get past Luke chapter 2 and the birth of Jesus and how it all went down. And they couldn't get past, uh, well, we'll talk about it here in just a second. 
because they they were expecting some warrior like David who was who was going to kick some Roman butt and deliver them back, you know, to earthly power. Even when the disciples were uh, in, in Acts chapter one before Jesus ascended up to heaven, they were asking Jesus, "When are you going to restore the power back to Israel?" And and Jesus said, "Don't worry about that. This is what you need to focus on." In a few days, there's something going to be special happening, and, and the Spirit's going to come. The promise of my Father is going to come upon you. But if you think about it, Jesus had brothers and he had sisters, and they didn't even believe that he was the Messiah. Uh, his hometown folks they saw him grow up, and and they would they known they knew him as Joseph's boy or Joseph's son. You know, when, whenever Jesus would be teaching around his hometown. He couldn't even do miracles in his hometown, very few, uh, because of this, because of the people's disbelief, because they would say this. If they, 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 they knew him, they'd say, isn't this Joseph's son? Don't he belong to, to Joseph? You know, the, and then he grew up a carpenter. His hometown folks saw him grow up, and they just they, they could not get past it. Hey, this is just some regular kid. I've seen this guy when he was in diapers. So there's no way that he could be the Messiah. And then we have Philip when he, he goes and he finds Nathaniel and he's telling Nathaniel that they have found the Messiah and that his name is Jesus from Nazareth. Nathaniel replies to Philip this, can anything good come from Nazareth? And then you have, his, like I said, his very own disciples who had trouble comprehending that he was the Messiah, even though he's working all these miracles and he's doing all these things for people. And it's just blowing their mind. It, was, it wasn't until after the resurrection and after really until Jesus ascended back to the Father and sat at the Father's right hand and sit, sent down the promise of the Father, the Holy Spirit, upon the disciples. That's when it clicked in their head and they got it. And boy, did they ever get it, right? The church began and it was just on fire and it's growing and it's still growing even today. You know, we look around at, our, at, at what all is going around in our world with the COVID and, and, and this Afghanistan stuff and, and Black Lives Matters and This Lives Matters and That Lives Matters and racism and just all this stuff that is just causing division and chaos. When we, when we stop and we take a look at what's going around us and we wonder, when is Jesus the Messiah going to come and just put an end up. Matter of fact, I was talking to my mom today as as I was driving uh, home uh, from work, and 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 she said the very same question: When is God just going to come and end all this and take us out of here? Um, you know, I've I've heard all my life that Jesus is coming back, and and I'm I just turned forty nine uh, a couple of days ago. So I've been on this earth for almost a half a century. And I can remember back in 1988, the, the book, 88 Reasons Why, Christ is Coming Back in 88. And you have all these guys who have made a living off of uh, trying to predict when Jesus is coming. And they do all these, uh, they go through all the prophecies and they try to, you know, put the puzzle, if you will, together. And matter of fact, uh, uh, I had a guy just texting me, Last week, he, he wanted to know all about the end times and when Jesus is coming. And he was sending all this stuff, you know, the cliche stuff that you always hear about. And I said, hey, just forget about all that stuff, man. Here's what you need to read. First Thessalonians chapter 4. 
It talks about Jesus coming back. And you read Second Peter, I believe it's chapter 2, that talks about the earth and everything on it is going to burn with fire. It's going to melt away and there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. Look, here's what you need to know about Jesus coming back. He's coming back and you better be ready. Because no, no matter how it's going down, if you ain't ready, you're going to be separated from God for eternity. Because we're all going to be caught up before God and we're all going to give an account of our lives. And if we don't have the blood of Jesus Christ washing our sins away, Jesus is going to say, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I never knew you. And I don't want anybody to hear those words come from the mouth of Jesus because they're going to be sent away from God never to give a second opportunity. And and so you know, I've heard all my life that Jesus is coming back and and it's very similar uh, to the same situation that 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 Luke and them are, are, are looking at. Uh, they're they're saying you know they've been looking all this time for the Messiah. When is Jesus coming? And he has come, and and, and, and and Simeon has been told that he won't see death until the Messiah comes. And, 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 it, and we're doing the same thing today, 2,000 years later. We're, we're looking for the coming of the Messiah. And we ask the same question. When is Jesus, the Messiah, going to come again and end all of this mess? And the question is, are we, like Simeon was, are we eagerly looking for Jesus? Because over and over and over again, the Bible says, be ready, be on guard, pay attention, stay sober. You, you don't want to be caught off guard looking for Jesus or sleeping and not looking for Jesus. You've got to be ready. And so Luke tells us something interesting about Simeon. He says, the Holy Spirit was upon him, which seems really strange because Jesus doesn't talk about the Holy Spirit coming until after his death and resurrection, which we see happen in Acts chapter 2. But the Holy Spirit has always been around. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, it says, The Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. At the announcement of John the baptizer's birth, the angel told Zechariah, He will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before his birth. And when Mary entered Elizabeth's home, the baby leaped with joy, and Elizabeth herself was filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, Simeon loved God, right? Simeon served God all of his life. And Luke says the Holy Spirit was on him. And not only was he with him, but he promised him that he would not die until he saw the Lord's Messiah. And so Simeon was at the temple the day that Joseph and Mary brought Jesus to be circumcised and dedicated. Why? Because the Holy Spirit led him there. Read that passage again in Luke. It was the Holy Spirit. Simeon was not supposed to be at the temple that day. It, 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 it was the Holy Spirit that basically, if you will let me say this, tapped him on the shoulder and said, hey dude, get to the temple. There's something special and unique that you have to see because you've been promised this your whole life and you need to get to the temple. He had, Simeon had no idea that the Messiah was even born eight days ago. 
He had no, it was the shepherds knew, but this man who had been serving God his whole life, he didn't know. He was out doing his own thing. Maybe he was out in the garden. Maybe he was out in the agora doing some grocery shopping. Maybe he was having a Bible study with somebody. We don't know what Simeon was doing, but we do know this. He was not at the temple because the Holy Spirit led him to the temple. Don't miss this detail in this story. When we studied the book of John, do you remember what Jesus told the disciples about the Holy Spirit? He said, He will guide you into all truth. And so here is a very good example, a great example of the Holy Spirit's leading. Because the Holy Spirit led Simeon to the temple that day. So here's, here's the thing I want, I want to say to you before we go to break. We have to be so in tune to God that we hear His Spirit speaking to us and guiding us and leading us. Because the Holy Spirit has to be our guide because He is from God. Now get this. God sees everything. God knows everything. We humans, we are limited. I don't know what's going to happen in the next five seconds, but God does. God, know, God knows the very words that I'm about to speak even before I even think what I'm going to speak. And that's what David says in Psalm 139. He said, God, you just absolutely blow my mind. I can't even fathom you because you know what I'm going to speak before I ever speak it. You're everywhere I go. I can't get away from you. God is all-powerful. He's omnipotent. He's omniscient. Why would we not want God leading our lives? And that's what God does through the power of the Holy Spirit. We are limited. Simeon is a perfect example because, like I said, there's no telling what that guy was doing on that day, but we know that he was not at the temple. And if he had not listened to the Holy Spirit say, get your butt up to the temple today, he would have missed seeing the Messiah, the very thing that he's been looking for for a long time. Because I'm sure he's an old man and he's ready to die. He would have missed seeing the Messiah, but he was in tune with God and he listened to the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit led him to the temple and he was able to see Jesus, the Messiah. Now, here's a question for you before we go to break. How many things, how many opportunities, how many blessings have you and I missed because we didn't allow the Holy Spirit to lead us? You know, we were way too busy doing other things. Our attention was focused here and there instead of being focused where it should be, on God. There's a reason why the Hebrew author in Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 through 3 says, no matter what's going on around you, keep your eyes on Jesus. God has to be our focal point, especially in this day and time. God has to be our focus, and we have to be led by the Holy Spirit. We'll talk more about Simeon here in just a minute when we come back from break. We'll be right back. I've seen memes on social media that read something like this. 
they would say, life would be awesome if it weren't for other people. Well, you know, maybe you have that same thought. Maybe somebody has made you angry or, or maybe a group of people have made you angry or hurt you in some kind of way and you're having a real hard time dealing with it. Well, let me encourage you to read Psalm 27. In verses 1 through 3, David says, The Lord is my light and my salvation, so why should I be afraid? The Lord is my fortress, protecting me from danger, so why should I tremble? When evil people come to devour me, when my enemies and foes attack me, they will stumble and fall. Though a mighty army surrounds me, my heart will not be afraid. Even if I'm attacked, I will remain confident. So when someone has hurt you or made you angry, here's what we need to do. We need to take them and the situation before the Lord. In fact, pray to the Lord that he will bless them and that he will give you peace. Don't try to handle the situation all alone and make a mess of things. Give it to God and let him help you with it. And David ends Psalm 27 by saying, Wait patiently for the Lord. Be brave and courageous. Yes, wait patiently for the Lord. So we're taking a look at Simeon, and we know that Simeon has been obedient. He's at the temple. He he has been led there by the Holy Spirit. And when he sees that baby, he takes that baby Jesus in his arms, and he says these words. He says, Sovereign Lord, now let your servant die in peace as you have promised. I have seen your salvation, which you have prepared for all people. He is a light to reveal God to the nations, and he is the glory of your people, Israel. So Simeon says, hey, I'm ready for death, man. I am at peace. I have seen your salvation. Finally, here he is. He's in my arms. I'm holding the baby Jesus, God in the flesh, Emmanuel, God with us. I, I can die at peace now. Well, God has come through with his promise just as he has allowed Simeon to see the Messiah. You know what? We have the same promise. We will and we are going to see Jesus someday. We're going to see him face to face. Anybody that's ever been born from Adam and Eve to till now or till later on, will see Jesus face to face. But you know what? Here's the thing. We don't have to wait till then. We can live for the Messiah right now because death is coming and there's no way to escape it. Hebrews 9.27 says, Just as each person is destined to die once and after that comes the judgment. So let me ask you this. Just like Simeon. Simeon says, I'm ready to die. I can die at peace right now. When you think of death, how do you feel? I mean, death is all around us. I, I, I said I said in the last podcast, but just yesterday, our local hospital had to get a mobile morgue put outside of it because there's so many people in our hospitals all over this country and all over the world that they're filling up our hospitals and, and they're dying from COVID and, and, uh, and to the point that they're having to get these tents outside and, they're, and, and just to, to make a, a, a morgue uh, to make room, and this sounds bad, but to make room for other people. I mean, death is literally at, at the doorstep at any moment. You know, anything, we're never promised tomorrow. We could die in the next five seconds. We could die in the next minute. Who knows? 
God knows, and it, but we don't because we're limited. But when we think of death, because it is coming, there's no, I mean, we can, you know, you can buy this cream, you can take this pill, you can take this vitamin. You can, you know, all these rich folks now are coming out with, uh, they got so much money they don't know what to do with it, so they're trying to, to come up with ways to make man live forever. It ain't going to happen. It, it, we're not designed to, to, to live forever. We're designed to just fade away. We, we're born a child. We grow up into an adult. We reach a plateau and we start sinking. We start going downhill. James talks, talks about us withering away like a flower, like grass. And that's just what we do because death is coming. And we never know when death is coming. But here's the thing. We can be ready for it when it comes. And when we're washing the blood of Jesus, we have victory over death because Jesus already conquered death, hell, and the grave. And when we take our last breath, if we're washing the blood of Jesus, it's just victory and we're going on. And we're going to be living for eternity with God. But if we don't know Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, it's going to be, a, it's going to be worse than your nightmares. It, it's, hell is just nothing to, to scoff at. It's, it's a terrible, terrible place. But when you think about death... What do you feel? Do you feel peace or do you feel fear? And if Jesus is your Lord and Savior, if you're not living for Jesus, I hope and pray that your answer is fear. Most people are scared of scared of they're scared to death of death. But which is why people with more money well, I said that already about how they're trying to find ways to, to live longer, but death is imminent. It's it's inevitable. And my question is, do you have like Simeon, do you have peace? You know why Simeon had peace? Because he's holding in his hands God's salvation. The Prince of Peace, Jesus. The only one who can give true peace, God's peace. And Philippians 4, 7 is a verse a lot of people quote, especially at funerals. Or when something's going wrong in their life. And but it says this, Paul says, Then you will experience God's peace. With, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. So get this. We can't understand, fully understand God's peace. But God gives us peace. And how does He give us peace? As we live in Christ Jesus. If we're outside of Christ, we don't have peace. You may think you have peace, but you don't have peace. We have to be in Christ Jesus to have True peace. God's peace. Can't, I can't fully explain it. Can't explain God's peace, but it's awesome. And when you're walking with Christ and you know that your sins are forgiven, you're untouchable. Oh, you may die, and you're going to die, but after you take that last breath on this earth, you're going to cross over into eternity, into heaven, and you're going to be thanking Jesus for eternity for what He has done for our salvation by dying on the cross and being resurrected on the third day. Amen to that. Thank you, Jesus. So some things I want to point out real quickly in Simeon's speech before uh, uh, when he's talking to Joseph and Mary. He says, I have seen your salvation. I have seen your salvation, which you have prepared for all people. The emphasis here is on all people. You know, in Matthew 15, a Gentile woman comes to Jesus her daughter was demon-possessed, and it tortured her on a daily basis. And the disciples just kept sho shoving her away, telling Jesus, Get rid of this woman. Make her go away. But she pleads to Jesus for help, and he turns to her, 
And he says, you know, you would think he would say, yeah, I'm, I'm going to heal your daughter. I'm going to cast that demon out. But this is what Jesus says. I was sent only to help God's lost sheep, the people of Israel. Because she's a Gentile. And he says, I came for the Jews. I came for the, the, the people of Israel, God's chosen people. And, and so it, she pleads with Jesus. And because of her faith, and because of her consistency and not leaving, Jesus says, I've never seen such great faith. And he, he, uh, he heals or casts out the demon uh, out of her uh, daughter. But it is true that Jews were God's chosen people of the Old Testament, and God did give him his laws. And it's true that the, really the Gentiles weren't concerned with a, with a Messiah or a Savior. And, and, but... Jesus saw her faith and he cast out her daughter's demon because of her faith. But however, when Jesus told her, I was sent only to help God's lost sheep, the people of Israel. Well, does that mean the hell with everybody else? That he's not going to help anybody else? Absolutely not. In John chapter 10, when Jesus is giving the parable about being the good shepherd, he says this. He says, I have other sheep too that are not in the sheepfold, I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice, and there will be one flock with one shepherd. And in this passage, he is talking about the Gentiles. And if you're not a Jew, you're a Gentile. Anything else outside of being a Jew is a Gentile. That's you and me. Unless you're Jewish. But he's talking about the Gentiles here. And if you study the book of Acts like we've just finished, you will see that Jesus offers salvation to both Jews and Gentiles. Matter of fact, when Paul started those Gentile churches, uh, the one in Antioch of Syria, it, it, it rivaled the church in Jerusalem. It was huge. It was just growing beyond leaps and bounds. But in Galatians 3.28, Paul says this, there is no longer Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male or female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Now, did you get that? There is no longer Jew or Gentile. And you put all this, this division stuff away because God doesn't care anything about it because when you are in Christ, you are one. You're one. You're unified in Christ. Jesus died on the cross for all people, no matter who you are, or where you're from, what nationality, what color your skin is, uh, young or old, boy and girl, whatever, he died for all. And he's given every person, everybody, the opportunity to accept him as their Lord and Savior and to be redeemed to God by his sacrifice that he made for us. And so Simeon says, Another thing that Simeon says, he says that he is a light. He's holding that baby Jesus. And he says, this baby here is a light to reveal God to the nations. Because that's what light does. That's why you can see me in this camera right now. It's because I have the lights on. And it reveals me and everything around me. You see all of my instruments, I guess. And so Jesus says in John 8, 12, he says, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. In other words, if you don't have Jesus, you're walking in darkness. If Jesus Christ is not your Lord and Savior, you're not living for Jesus, you are walking in darkness. Regardless if you can see the sun come up in the daytime 
regardless if you can see light all around you, regardless if you're living life to the fullest and, and, and things seem to be going okay, if you've never made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, you are walking in darkness and not in the light. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. I want that light, and I pray that you want that light. That's Jesus. In John 1, 1 1-5, John says, In the beginning the Word already existed. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God, and God created everything through Him, and nothing was created except through Him. And the Word gave life to everything that was created, and life brought light to everyone. The light shines in darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. In Hebrews 1, 1 through 3, it says, Long ago, God spoke many times in many ways to our ancestors through prophets. Talk about in the Old Testament. They spoke through prophets. And now in these final days, He has spoken to us, how? Through His Son, Jesus. God promised everything to the Son as an inheritance. And through the Son, He created the universe. The Son radiates God's own glory. That's light. And expresses the very character of God. And he sustains everything by the mighty power of his command. And when he had cleansed us from our sins, he sat down in the place of honor at the right hand of the majestic God in heaven. Just as Simeon said, Jesus is the light. DC Talk used to, they sang a song back in the 90s. I want to be in the light as you are in the light. I want to shine like the stars. In heavens, oh. Just as Simeon said, Jesus is the light that has revealed God to man. And not only did he reveal God to man, but he died on a cross and was resurrected so he could be the sacrifice that man needed to satisfy God. That once and for all sacrifice. That, is sh- that my friend, is God showing his grace and his mercy by giving his son to die on the cross for our sins that we committed. Jesus didn't do anything wrong, but yet he was willing to pay the price for our sins so that we could be redeemed back to God, be made friends again, be reconciled to God. It's so awesome, the grace and mercy of God. So Jesus' parents were amazed at what was being said about him. You know, ooh, this is awesome stuff here. You know, what they're thinking in their minds, maybe. And Simeon finishes his speech to Joseph and Mary by saying this. It says, Simeon blessed them, and he said to Mary, the baby's mother, This child is destined to cause many in Israel to fall and many others to rise. He has been sent as a sign from God, but many will oppose him. You got that right. And they're still opposing him, even today, 2,000 years later. As a result, Luke says, the deepest thoughts of many hearts will be revealed. And Simeon tells Mary, and I could see him looking her in the eye, and he says, a sword will pierce your very soul. And this is exactly what happens to Mary when she sees Jesus on the cross. In John chapter 19, it says, because Jesus was already dead. They didn't have to break his legs. But they took a spear and they pierced him in the side. And out come forth blood and water. A, 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 a sword has pierced the soul of Mary as she watched her son die on the cross. 
I want to end today's podcast with that. And I guess I will just uh, finish up Luke in the next podcast. And I just want to say, if, you, if you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, you're not being led by the Spirit and you're not walking in the light. And I pray that you would ask God to show you him just show just say show me that you're real God and he will show you that tell him that you want to see the light you want to walk in the light as he is in the light and he will light your world up I guarantee it give your life to Jesus today the light of the world John chapter 8 verse 12 and let his Holy Spirit just fill you and he will live inside of you and he will guide you into all truths and then when something does go wrong and it might it might take our lives but at least when we take our last breath we can like Simeon die in peace knowing that we are about to walk into eternity with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ the guy who paid it all he didn't do anything wrong but yet he was willing out of his grace and his mercy to be that sacrifice to wash our sins away do you know jesus as your lord and savior and if you do know lord uh, jesus as your lord and savior i pray that you share the message of hope with people because people today need jesus more than they ever have and if you're nervous about sharing your faith with people share this podcast say hey take a listen to this weird dude that wears his hat backwards and, and, and tells people about Jesus. Share this podcast with them because when you share this podcast, you are sharing Jesus. I guarantee it. And we will pray together that the power of the Holy Spirit will touch people's lives. God bless you. Keep grinding. Thank you for listening to the Grinded Podcast today. May God bless you. If you have any comments or questions, you can email them to us at thegrinditpodcast at gmail.com. If you would like Randy to come and speak at your church or your next event, you can contact him through that same email address. Also, I would like to thank Jody Foster's Army, also known as JFA, for their song, Abba, as we use for our intro and our outro off their untitled 1984 album. May God bless you, and remember, keep your eyes on Jesus and keep grinding.